Greetings and salutations, and welcome to Batcasts 66th. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Uh, my name is Kendall. Thou art Kendall? I don't know how to speak like that. Yeah. This is going to be a, a cold open. This is going to be a new thing we do in season two. Here we go. Welcome to season two. It's a new season. We want to do a giveaway, something special. Um, I, my comic book store is able to get a couple of facsimile editions of some classic Batman issues. Uh, the first appearance of Robin, the Joker, Riddler, and Penguin reprinted all with the original uh, art and original ads right down to every little detail, just as they were originally presented, can be yours for free. Just send an email showing that you are uh, reviewed or shared uh, Batcast66 on the platform of your choice to our email, batcast66 at gmail.com. And uh, get that into us by the end of the year and your chance to win these four comic books. Thanks. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm Kendall. And I'm Scott. Yep. Uh, you know the deal by now. If you made, Well, maybe you don't. Maybe for some reason someone's like, I'm going to start with season two of Batcast66. Hey, someone's got to start somewhere. Well, uh, basically, we watch the 1966 Batman TV show, and then we talk about it. Uh, and today, we're talking about Batman Season 2, Episode 1, Shoot a Crooked Arrow. It originally aired September 7th, 1966. Uh, it was written by Stanley Ralph Ross and directed by Sherman Marks. Well, so normally we got a new villain here, so normally we talk about our history with the villain, but like King Tut before us, this is a uh, Batman 66 exclusive character, although he's very heavily inspired by Robin Hood. So what was your first experience with Robin Hood? Uh, my first experience with Robin Hood was definitely the... The Disney version? Uh, was it wasn't the Kevin Costner version. Really? You watched that as a kid? It might oh, have yeah. been. It might have been the Looney Tunes version with Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. Mm, that wasn't it from. I, yeah. I think it was the Disney version. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, you know, hey, we've got the Archer played by Art Carney, most famous for being in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh yeah. Yeah, but really, he's like Ed Norton from the Honeymooners, and amongst a million other things, I kind of did a little bit of research on Art Carney. He's a pretty interesting guy. Yeah. He was uh, injured in the Battle of Normandy, um, to the point where like. He got injured in his leg, and like his right leg is a few inches shorter than his left. So he walked with a limp the rest of his life, which I thought was just a character choice in The Honeymooners, but apparently that's how, that's how he walks now. Interesting. I didn't yeah. notice it here, and I can't say I've seen much of The Honeymooners. It's a good show. I'll have to check it out sometime. I, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I have no, no real Archer connection. <coughs> I have no Art Carney connection. I don't know anything about any of this. Should we just... I think we just get into the episode yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, how we, that's how season two is rolling. Cool, yeah. We're coming hot out the gate. So first off, one thing I've I noticed about this season compared to season one, did it feel 
like the budget was bigger. Something felt different. Huh. Like either the way it was shot or something felt felt different to this. I do feel like they like maybe used different angles or something. Like yeah, because because this ep- this episode felt both more expensive and cheaper than the average episode. Like I f- suspect that. The reason we have, like, a Robin Hood-themed, like, band of villains and stuff is probably because they had access to these props from another production. But I found no, like, concrete evidence of that. I kind of wish the Bat Book gave us a little... Like, told us who the the cinematographer was. I mean... I don't know if there is one that's credited, yeah. Yeah, I guess there's not a cinematographer for Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is strange. Yeah, I mean... We get some fun things in these two parters. Mm-hmm. Definitely, there's one part in particular that feels very cheap, but that's in episode two. Yeah, there's a couple of things that feel kind of like, oh, you know? But also, like, episode one feels a little big. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, this show feels more expensive. And then, like, episode two, it felt way less expensive. Maybe they just wanted to start with a bang. Yeah, I don't know. I would have picked a different villain then. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll talk about our thoughts on the Archer after the episode. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, so we open. It's a uh, beautiful, serene afternoon in Gotham City. So don't we start at Stately Wayne Manor? We do start at Stately Wayne Manor. And there's a, a gentleman, Mr. Dale, who works for the Wayne Foundation. Mm-hmm. And he's like the most stereotypical rich jerk that's ever existed. Yeah, he's very uninterested in um, the Wayne Foundation awarding money to, like, Gotham's underprivileged citizens. Yeah. Which, like, I isn't that the... I mean, it's my understanding that that's, like, the Wayne Foundation's deal. Yeah, is that they, they help those in need. It's a charitable organization. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the first time we see them straight up giving money to people. Well, they've mentioned, like, yeah, causes and stuff in the past. And obviously there was the Penguin episode with, like, they had to, like, bet on women or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if he was in that episode. Probably. I doubt it. But he talks like the most stereotypical snooty rich person that ever existed. Yeah, so the way he talks as, like, I'm going to assume just, like, a rich upper-class citizen of Gotham. Yeah. Compared to how the Archer talks. Yeah, there's a lot of weird talks in this series. I feel like it's just like, yeah, very jarring. And and like the way some of the Archer's underlings talk. It's so weird. I don't like it. This is a weird one. Anyway. Yeah. While they are talking about what to do with the money, Dick is playing piano. Yeah. And an arrow just flies in and... Hits the piano, right? Yeah, it just gets stuck right in his sheet music or something. And it starts, starts, like, spraying gas. Yep. Knocks them all out. Because Aunt Harriet's there, too. Aunt Harriet's there. She gets knocked out. Uh, in come the archer and yeah. his merry his, band his, of men. His, yeah, his off-brand merry men. Uh, Big John Liar Tuck or something, what's his name? Yeah, Liar Tuck. Is it Liar Tuck? I wasn't sure if I made that up. But Maid Marilyn's not there, right? No, not right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they come walk. Oh, no, Cryer Tuck. Cryer Tuck, that's me. what it is, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was Liar Tuck, but... I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. 
Although I guess not for this whole charade they're trying to do. They know exactly where Bruce Wayne's safe is. Yeah, it's behind this weird portrait of some guy from Yale. Oh, is that who it is? I thought it was like... It was a guy with a big Y on his, like, sweater on his chest. Is it supposed to be like a portrait of, like, a painted portrait of Bruce Wayne? It doesn't look like him. I mean, my guess is maybe Thomas Wayne. Oh, that would make sense. But, like, it doesn't even look like it's someone that would be related to Adam West. It's just as weird. I noticed it, like, because you can see it in the background in the set, and, like, that wasn't there before, and I was like, ew, did we just never get this angle? But then they reveal there's a safe behind him, like, oh, that's why it's there, to have a wall safe. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was weird that the archer knew where the safe, the hidden safe Yeah, like, immediately knew where it was and shot an arrow at it. The archer steals all the money, and he and his men ride into town on horses. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, what is happening well, of course, yeah. yeah, he's gonna give the money to the poor, and he does. They're pretty stoked to just be getting money. I mean, someone could just give me some rich guy's money. I'd be pretty stoked too. Uh, flash forward, uh, Commissioner Gordon, who's just heard about Archer giving away all this money, calls the back phone. Yeah, uh, and we cut to Wayne Manor. Chief O'Hara is already there. Yeah, and he's, like, getting, like, statements from, like, Bruce Wayne and stuff. Yeah. He mentions, like, it was just a mild sedative or something. Yeah, no, no... Like, Alfred was away and was able to revive them with smelling salts. Yeah. Which Which is fine. Do people just have... Do you have smelling salts? I don't, but, like, I feel like in all these old-timey things, people just have smelling salts. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. It's not even that old-timey. But you know what... I know, but, like, still. Yeah. So we get this, like, fun kind of scene of, like... Alfred's like, oh, there's business to attend to, and Bruce Wayne has to leave talking yeah. to O'Hara yeah. to, like, go to the study to pretend to be Batman, or I guess he's not pretending to be Batman. But, but, to, but to be Batman, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, explain, like, Gordon's, like, Gordon begins to explain the situation, but... He's like, Batman cuts yeah. him off, but he's like, oh yeah, Bruce Wayne, he got robbed. I already know. He's like, how do you know? It's like, my business to know, or whatever. Yeah, I thought I, that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It also is very suspicious. It's his business, you know? Yeah. We cut to police headquarters. Gordon O'Hara said, reveal that the, uh, the citizens, once they learned the money was stolen, they wanted no part mm-hmm. of it. I find that hard to believe. I also find that hard to believe, but... I guess it's a different time. Yeah. guess Batman's such a good uh, role model. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Dale is also at police headquarters. Yeah. And he's like, after this fiasco, he's like, yeah, I don't want to give $10 million to the Wayne Foundation poverty program. Like, fuck that. Yeah. All of a sudden, flashbang arrow in Commissioner Gordon's office. Yeah, everyone's blinded. With, like, really bad ADR. Or, like, not bad, but, like, really obvious ADR. What's the Archer do? He steals the money again? Well, they show up and they're in, like, Cyclops visors to, to save oh, themselves yeah, from being right. blinded. Um, but they're basically saying, like, don't mess with us, Batman. Because I don't think they steal the money again. They yeah. kind of take them, they kind of, like, leave a message, like, essentially, like, telling them, like, we're going to rob from the rich and give to the poor. And then, like, leave. Yeah, they leave using a grappling hook arrow. Yeah, which is very cool. Hawkeye. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. There's a lot of like classic like Archer superhero characters with like crazy trick arrows and stuff. Like, 
But they, I feel like they don't really, like, new ones weren't created after the 60s. It's just a weird trend because Green Arrow was a thing, then Hawkeye was a thing. I'm sure there's other villainous characters that do that that I'm not aware of. Obviously, this Archer character is a thing. Is Archer just Green Arrow? No, they do different things personality-wise and stuff. We should point out that Archer's talking in, like, old-timey, yoldy English speak. But also with, like, a New York accent. Yeah, it's very weird. And his one guy has, like, a machine that lets him, like, makes, like, crowd cheers and, like, laughter and stuff for, like, canned audience reaction. It's very weird. It's such a I thought he was doing that for, like, ego purposes. But, like, I don't think that's the case later on. It, like, comes up, but, like, is not really part of anything. Yeah, so also, between that and the accent, I thought this was, like, a weird performance thing. I think it might be for the archer, but, like, he's just getting his rocks off on it. Yeah, and his two, like, guys are, like, into it as well. Because they never break character, these three guys. They never break character. Yeah. They have a fourth member of their gang who won't get into character, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Yeah, she'll be coming around soon. Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin, they they give chase. Have, did we have one of these in season one? Am I correct? Uh, the window cameo? Yeah. I think we did. I don't remember like who Like, we got was. one, We got right? one. And I have no idea who this person was. I also... Oh, it's Dick Clark, according to the Bat Book. Is it? I did not recognize his voice or his face. Do you know anything about him? He has New Year's Rock and Eve. What the hell is that? He used to host like the New Year's Eve ball drop in New York every time, every year, till he died. Good for him. Let's see what else he's done. Yeah, just like a lot of these shows in more recent years. Celebrity boxing too. Thank God for that. American TV and radio personality. He was an executive producer on the Weird Al show. Good to know. It's a good man. Yeah, known for uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve from 1973 to 1988. And then I think it became something else. But he hosted American Bandstand, uh, which started a lot of careers. Uh, Ike and Tina Turner, Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, Simon Garfunkel, Iggy Pop, Prince, The Talking Heads, and Madonna. Yeah, just... Yeah, no, he's just very was a very prolific uh, person in American pop culture at the time. He played himself in the '90s Fantastic Four animated series. That's awesome. I bet it was a New Year's Eve thing. I've seen that show, but it's been a long time. Uh, I'm guessing he's from Philadelphia because they make a big deal about that. Yeah, as they mentioned his yeah his Philadelphian accent. I did want to talk about that. Or, like, his Philadelphian demeanor or something? Like, something about the way he, he said certain, like, like R's or something, I thought. Interesting. Well, while I'm here on his Wikipedia page, where's he from? Uh, he's from Bronxville, New York, but, you know, he could have grown up in Philly. But, yeah, Batman immediately knew he was from out of town. They mentioned he's from Philadelphia. So, I think we're going to get a lot more of these starting this season. Yeah, because I know this is like a classic staple of the show. Yeah, and we only got like one last season. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see who we get. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. So yeah, after this conversation, Batman and Robin get to the bottom of the building and they're like... Oh, sorry, you moved to Drexel Hill, Philadelphia. It was right, or Pennsylvania, or suburb of Philly right there. There we go. I know where that is, yep. Batman and Robin get to the, the bottom of the building and... He's gone. 
Yeah, because, like, they go down this building the slowest way possible and they stop and talk to Dick Clark for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's here that we meet, uh, oh, what's her name? It's, like, Maid Mar- Marion instead of Maid Marilyn. Uh, yeah, Maid Marilyn uh, it's instead of Maid Marion. Maid Marilyn. Uh, she's driving the, the uh, Trojan Hearse Company truck. I love that name. That's pretty good. It's pretty great. It doesn't really make sense for it this does, truck. It doesn't, but I want to use it in something. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, she's so obviously a bad guy, but she refuses to get in character. Did you notice like every scene she's in, she's eating or about to talk about eating? It's very strange. Yeah, she was like chewing on some like chicken bone. And she's just like scarfing hot dogs later. Like, <laughs> but she talks with like a very stereotypical like Brooklyn, New York accent. Yeah, because like that's just what villains talk like when you don't you want to give them an accent. We cut to Archer HQ. Yeah, and uh, Cryer Tuck and Big John. They're not breaking character, but they do comment on how, like, they want to get some money for themselves, and and they're confused as to why they're giving it away. But I feel like that never comes back around. Like, after that, there's, like, no dissent, no further questioning. The Archer, kind of thinking ahead a little bit, um, I guess, like, they establish that this isn't the first time he and Batman have tangoed. Yeah, they mentioned he's been in jail and stuff before. Yeah. Um, but he says he uh, they need to destroy the Bat computer. Yeah, because he can, like, predict crimes or whatever. Yeah. So, like... So, yeah, their plan is to, to get the location of the Batcave out of Batman and Robin, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a pretty good plan. That If you know that it exists. Yeah, but how would he know in, like, the... I mean... I know what I bet, because Batman's a, a deputized officer of the law. He's probably, like, to assure citizens and stuff, they probably mentioned that they have all this state-of-the-art tech and they have a secret Batcave. Very true, very true. It's my guess. Seems since, like Batman's, stuff... since Batman's, like, a very public figure in this. Yeah, but he still has secrets. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn calls Commissioner Gordon... Well, I guess we don't see this happen. We cut to Gordon's office and he's on the phone with somebody. Yeah. A woman yeah. who's telling them that uh, the Archer is going to distribute some money at Neptune and 20th Street at four o'clock. Uh, we then cut back to the Archer who's like, is he robbing a bank? What is this place he's robbing? I don't remember. Yeah, they robbed some black guy. Oh, he's like he does like the the change into like the change machines because it's all like rolls of quarters oh, and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. But I did point it out like, oh, a black person, dude. They're showing up more now. They have a budget for black people. Yeah, yeah. In season two, thank God for that. Yeah, they rob that dude, and then they they like come very close to murdering him. Like he's up against the wall, and they shoot arrows at him, and they're like just barely miss him. Yeah, they're, they they like, like pin, pin him. him up against the wall. Yeah. Um, one thing we forgot to mention. What's that? Dale. Oh, yeah, well... He oh, mentions that... Oh, yeah, yeah, when they, after the flashbang one. Yeah, he mentions that he likes the Archer style. He's like, with a good PR team, they could be bigger than Batman and Robin. Yeah, so that's a, a little nugget yeah. that like should be in your ear, especially for this next scene. 
Yeah. Because as the archer and his merry men start distributing the money to the people, Batman and Robin just jump them. Yeah. They roll up in the Batmobile and just attack them. Yeah, they just, like, jump out of the Batmobile, like, jump on the archer's horse. Yeah, which was really cool. Just start grappling them. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get an onomatopoeia fight. But it's like Zapeth and Thwack with an E and stuff. It's like old, old-timey. Yeah. Which is a fun, cute ref, like, like touch. I really enjoyed that. It was great. Yeah. But the people of Gotham, they don't think it's great. No, they don't. Why would they? They uh, start yelling, Fooey on Batman. Yeah. Well, because what's-her-name uh, made Marilyn's... Uh, got the sound effect machine, and she's like, Boo this man, and making it boo. And then everyone starts booing them. Sound effect machine is so weird. It's so bizarre and so anachronistic for all of the rest of their, like, activity. Yeah. But, yeah, Batman, they, Batman and Robin bring the archer in. Uh, Unfortunately, according to Gordon and O'Hara, all of the poor people in Gotham pulled all their money together to bail the archer out. Yeah, because he's that beloved. And then Batman makes a comment I want to I want to talk about where he's like talking about people being like sucked in by the allure of easy living. I'm like you're an inherited millionaire. Like you didn't really work a job. Not saying he doesn't do a lot of work as Batman, but he didn't inherit like he it, he's speaking from an area of privilege that I didn't appreciate the classist remark. That is true. Yeah. I mean that said I do believe in hard work and earning your own money, but mm certain degree like there is circumstances that like this could help people like i get why sometimes a hundred bucks is the difference between like starvation and not you know it's the truth yeah yeah good point scott it's just something i thought about when batman was like lecturing about like oh the pores they're so stupid god they just want this one easy they're free money even though his foundation is all about that uh well batman is gonna be sure to put a stop to the archer's crimes because he and robin head to the bat computer mm-hmm. uh and batman he points out like kind of a trope yeah uh where villains we see this a lot with the penguin yeah villains end up using names that are very similar to like yeah whatever their like villainous persona is yeah yeah because uh, i forget what the the thread he goes down, but he does like track through like Robin Hood, like yeah. Right? So yeah. he's like, he's like, you know, this guy fancies himself a modern day Robin Hood. What's another name for Robin Hood? Uh, and it was the Earl of Huntington mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then with the back computer, they pull up uh, Earl Huntington's archery range. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't have to waste a lot of time with that like it's kind of fun that they're aware of that yeah. but did you notice like is it me or did the bat cave set look like a little more full like there was more stuff in it there did seem to be now they i know they made the movie between season one and season two so i'm wondering if this is like because of the movie's budget like they they now have that set i'd have to like see them side by side to compare well so the bat cave does have certain things that are in, if not every episode, almost every episode. But they have stuff that moves around, too. Yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking 
I, I don't know if it's always going to remain this cluttered. Okay, because did you notice that, or was I just, like, looking for things to no, comment on? No, specifically in this scene, they were using something called the Bat File. Yeah. Which I guess is just, like, a powerful phone book or something. Yeah. Because this is what scrolls through, like, the names and stuff. Yeah. And that seemed to be, like, an extra thing. That okay. was kind of front, you know, centered for the camera. Because, yeah, because now I know that the movies happen, I'm like, on the lookout for like, oh, that is a thing that I recognize from the movie, not necessarily season one. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie since we started this podcast. Me neither. I'm trying to save it. Ah. Keep it as fresh as possible when we finally do something special with it. But yeah, I mean, even in the movie, they have like the rehydration like, machines. Yeah, and, stuff and like, like the that. movie, I don't remember the set being like that drastically different, but because it was a movie, there was like more cinematic shots of it. Yeah. So we got to see a little bit more of it. I, I remember it looking really good in the movie. Not that it looked bad in season one, but like it was shot more like a flat TV show. We'll have to, we'll have to pay attention when the time comes. <sighs> so next, one of our favorite things happens. Yes. Uh, Batman needs help to accomplish his mission, and who better to help him than the William Tell of Liverpool? Yeah, even though uh, Alfred doesn't have anything that sounds like a Liverpudlian accent. You know... What you gonna do? He's I, a well-traveled individual. I think it's just because the Beals were a thing at this time. They mentioned Liverpool. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I love when Alfred gets involved. Yeah. So Alfred is apparently a great shot with a bow and arrow. And then they mentioned like crossbows and stuff. Like he's like good with every, any kind of bow-related item. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is them like hyping Alfred up or them not knowing the difference between like a crossbow or a longbow. I think it's just them hyping Alfred up. I'll, I'll choose to believe that. All right, cool. So yeah, Alfred's going to distract the archer and his men while Batman and Robin infiltrate his lair. They know it's underground this, uh, under this archery range for some reason. Yeah, somehow they know. I kind of like this scene. We get kind of the classic Robin hood. Yeah. I like this scene a lot too. Yeah. Archery like, duel. Because, yeah, he appeals to his, like, uh, he appeals to the archer's ego in, like, a duel. And they do the thing where, like, oh, there's one's in a bullseye. And then they keep shooting, the, splitting each other's arrow. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, Alfred's a pretty good shot. Yeah, he's backing his game up. Uh, maybe Alfred it should be this universe's green arrow. Maybe, maybe he is this universe's green arrow. Whoa. Unfortunately for Batman and Robin, they're... There's an alarm set yeah. in the lair. So despite Alfred's distraction, they get caught in this net. Yeah. Uh, and the archer approaches Alfred and says, I think if you were sent to distracteth me. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, so yeah, Alfred is captured as well. Uh, the archer strings Batman and Robin up and puts Alfred in a guillotine and I thought this was going to be the end of episode like I thought so too I was shocked that it wasn't yeah because yeah he's, he's like because he's trying to get the location of the Batcave out of Batman and Robin and he's like torturing them and like so they won't crack I was like well what about Mr. Innocent bystander here and they, that's why they put him in the guillotine and Robin's like no but Batman's like I can never give it up uh, but he's like if this person says uh, whatever because like Alfred's like nope don't don't tell them you know, let them behead me. So Batman's like, it's for the greater good. Yeah. 
Uh, so they drop the guillotine on Alfred and... And he's dead. R.I.P. What an opener. Yeah. Uh, it's like it was a stage guillotine the whole time. And, and Batman knew. Batman knew. Do you think Alfred knew? I don't know. They never tell us. <laughs> he looked pretty scared. <laughs> he probably didn't know. But yeah, actually, because they're using the, the sound machine. Don't they explain it here now? Why he yeah. has it? Yeah. He robbed, like, some movie producer or whatever and just had this. Yeah, and he, he just... Like, he just likes it. <laughs> it's so weird. It just, like, makes him happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing. I, I don't understand why. And it's weird that they attempt to explain it in a way that has nothing to do with anything. It's very bizarre. Ah, uh, but such is this show. Mm-hmm. So the archer like unties Batman and Robin and then like slaps Batman in the face with a glove, challenging him to a duel. Yeah. But then the duel is just They're tied up and they're gonna just joust like like run lances through them. Yeah. On horseback. Not much of a duel. I was excited for a duel. Yeah, Batman and Robin are just tied to these wood posts and the archer and his merry men are about to run with some lances. And then that's the episode climax, or the cliffhanger, you know? What a weird one. Yeah. Overall, this episode's very strange. I liked the idea of, like, a Robin... Because Robin Hood's a criminal. I liked the idea of that, in general, as a Batman villain, because Batman inherently has classist overtones. Like, Robin from the rich to give the poor. Batman is a rich person with privilege and beating up people that are potentially, like, struggling. Like, no one wants to have a life of crime unless you're, like, a villain in this show. Like, the average per- hench person. Like, there's a really good um, Batman graphic novel I like where it's, like, a take on A Christmas Carol. It's called Batman Noel. But, like, it follows... Like, the Bob Cratchit in it is just, like, one of Joker's henchmen who's, like, down on his luck. And, like, Batman's trying to bring him in because he did a crime, but, like, everyone's trying to show him, like, hey... These are people, too. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah but there's like ele- there's an element of that you can do in this world with Batman. And I think that's interesting. Not that they capitalize on it in this show, nor is this the show that would have done that. Like, they kind of toy with the idea. Yeah. Like, the public is against Batman and for... The Archer. But, I mean, I guess we'll see if they take it there next week. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Not really. Yeah. It, I wouldn't... I wouldn't expect it from this show, even if I didn't already watch the second part. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we already know, but you, the listener, will see what happens. Mm-hmm. Next week. Same Backcast time, same Backcast channel. Yeah.